the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week. Episode 172, recorded Friday, December 5th, 2014. Youth is King. Ready. AV, AV Week. Performing scan. Week. Online. This is AV Week. is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audio-visual news and information. My name is Tom Albright. I am your host for for today. Um, We did one of these about six months ago. It's a reporter's roundtable. We did it as we were leading into Infocom. This is probably one of my favorite shows to do, and these nice people have have been gracious enough to join us. First up, I believe this is Lindsay's first time, so we'll start with her. Lindsay Adler, she is Associate Editor at Systems Contractor News and Residential Systems. How are you, ma'am? Very well, thanks, Tim. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. Also with us is Margot Duwahi. Uh, she survived the first round of this, so she came back for more. Great to be here, wonderful, Thank thanks. <laughs> Goodness gracious. In stereo. <laughs> yes, in stereo and quadraphonic sound, and it, yeah, most of you people are too young to know what quadraphonic sound is, so. Get a Beatles record from like 67 or 68. Uh, Tom LeBlanc is not that young. Uh, he, I'm giving him a hard time. Tom and I are the same age. Um, he is the editor of Commercial Integrator and Tech Decisions. How are you, sir? Good. That reminded me of when um, Ashley Simpson hosted SNL and the audio started to play back on her while she was lip syncing. Now, see, that I would, I would find enjoyment out of. <laughs> back on myself, not so much. So... Uh, a couple things before we get started. Uh, first of all, a, a very big congratulations. Very proud of this young man. Uh, Josh Shrago. Uh, Shrago Shrago. I always screw up his name. Um, Josh is from an integrator out in San Francisco. He's also a big part of, of AV Nation. Uh, he has recently been named as the chair of the CTS group for Infocom. So congratulations to Josh. Um, and if you're watching this live or you get this on Monday, uh, we're about $4,000 short on our Kickstarter. So if you have five bucks, uh, throw it in, and George Tucker and Chris Neto can go uh, cover ISE for you. So, um, apparently, the uh, the internet's at uh, uh, in Boston are are giving us trouble. So uh, Craig McCormick will be joining us shortly. I promise. Uh, first up, um, I kind of want to go around the, the horn, and, and Lindsay, we'll start with you. I, I want to ask a very simple question, right? A- and that is, what was 2014 the year of um all of you have covered this industry for a long time um everything from ces in in january of of this year and we're at the end you know the beginning of december so it's actually about a month away now for 215 but from ces all the way through cedia and and all the uh the shows in between um from your perspective and and from the things that you you've seen uh lindsay what do you think 2014 is going to be remembered as the year of for for av well, for, for better or for worse, and I might be stealing everyone's thunder here, but to me, this was the year of the puddle room, and okay. love it or hate it, the term, we could definitely use a, a more interesting term for that, but 
that's that's what it is. And and I guess 2013 was really, you know, this is a new thing, this huddle space. We first started to hear about it 2012, 2013 probably, and we started to see it expanded. And this year, everybody has it. It's what everybody's doing. And, you know, I, I hear from people who have gone from two conference rooms to like 10,000 collaboration spaces. It's, it's exceeding on a big scale. We, we asked integrators recently um, just about, is it here to stay? Actually, earlier in the year, we asked them if it was here to stay, and the answer was resounding. It has been here to stay. So I think looking into 2015 now, we, we should look to see it really be refined and have all the technology that's being integrated into those spaces, BYOD, of course. See everything become a lot more seamless and efficient and less glitches, but we're still seeing more of these, um, more of these collaboration technologies pop up on the market all the time too. It's really interesting to watch who these newcomers continue to be and who is really steadfast in the market in terms of leading or on whatever level that they communicate on. Okay, no, I, I like it. It the, the year of the huddle space and, and BYOD. Uh, Mr. LeBlanc, uh, what do you think? Uh, I hate do what? <laughs> oh, I say I hate it. Just the term is so silly. No, it works. But here's the thing: it works, thing. right? It, it works. What else are you going to call it? What it is? It is what it is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Which term do you hate? Huddle room. Huddle room. Yeah, or huddle space. Yeah, yeah. It is kind of an odd term to be huddling around with your coworkers. Um, Pedaling around as many devices as possible. <laughs> um, but I agree with Lindsay. I think that huddle rooms and collaboration are, are really, you know, kind of the things that 2014 will be remembered by in terms of big trends, technology-wise. Um, for from a business perspective, you know, talking to a lot of integration firms, and you know, right now I'm in the midst of kind of like pouring through a lot of year-end research that we do at at CI and. For me, I feel like this is the year when, for integration firms, things are really starting to look up. You know, you can like point to numbers, you can point toward um, enough improvement over enough years where you can kind of say, yeah, the recession is very much in the rear window, but it's a weird sort of tone that I get from interviewing guys. And guys are really, they don't want to fall into any of the traps that they fell into a few years ago. So they're really, you know, very concerned about their businesses. They're they're optimistic, but it's also like they have their they have their guards up. You know, they're they're really trying to trying to fight and trying to work, you know, upstream in the market. And uh, I don't know, it's really, you know, it's like a, a fighting um, a, a fighting uh, mentality that I see in the industry, and it's really kind of kind of cool to watch. So I think that you know, 2014 is a year of recovery, but um, one of uh, cautious optimism as well. Do you think they're fighting to be optimistic? <laughs> like like they're trying not to be too optimistic, Tom? Is that is that what they're doing? They're, they're they don't want to get too excited just in case the rug gets pulled out from under them again. I think a lot. Of, you know, after the recession, I think a lot of companies kind of you know, realized that they weren't diversified enough. They realized that they, um, they, they weren't, they were more vulnerable than they realized they were in the market space. And, and I think the reason that their guards are up is that they realize it doesn't matter if things are, are looking up, if they're not continuing to work hard on their business. 
And, you know, I, I don't think the, you know, the fighting mentality is a bad thing. I think it's, it's a very good and positive strategic thing. Okay. All right. Uh, Margo, what do you think uh, the, the year of 2014 is going to say uh, when, we, when we close the book on it? What will this be the year of? I think um, definitely collaboration is the new convergence. And even though that is implied within the huddle space, I think it's also something that is malleable in the sense that I saw it a lot in ed tech coverage that we did and in corporate coverage. We just had a special tech manager's guide to corporate AV installations. And the I think the growing concern from the tech manager's perspective is how to offer both the high-end, you know, executive boardroom capabilities as well as cover the BYOX, so whatever it might be that employees and students, you know, are bringing in to the facility. So asking that, you know, in real time how, you know, you can kind of move to a more agile, smaller collaboration that is, you know, easy to operate relatively inexpensive, not a lot of need for space, and something that can really be upgraded when it needs to be. So software as a service, we're seeing that a lot of cloud-based, you know, much more. I wouldn't necessarily call it a banner year, even though there's a tremendous amount of interest in it. It's just that it's a year where I think it really gained a lot of traction. So, and I mean, definitely seeing some of the teething pains with it as well. For example, you know, getting content off of devices and onto a screen is about compatibility. So if you're working with an all um, AirPlay, you know, infrastructure, for example, you're going to have a lot of trouble with Droid-based and Windows devices. So people are figuring out how to refine that and how to recalibrate, you know, thinking around something, again, might, might be a breakout room or a couple of breakout rooms in a university setting or maybe healthcare where there are little rooms because the general network has some limitations. So we actually ran a really interesting uh, feature in our December edition, which is available now on AV Network by the amazing Lee Badman about modern Wi-Fi, modern problems. And he addresses some of the, these collaboration points that I'm talking about right now. Do you think some of the, the wireless video um, conundrums, the fact that you've got, uh, you can have an, an all iOS system, yes, but the first time someone walks in with an Android device, you know, then you're going to have issues. Do you think some of these other, let's call them third parties, right, whether it's AMX or Crestron or, you know, Barco or whoever, do you think that's going to give them a leg up uh, over, you know, putting it all in an all iOS and an all Android system? You mean, you know, like, for example, the... Um... Like the Barco ClickShare? Yeah, the Barco. So, so in other words, it, a brand agnostic, right? They don't care who you who you are. They'll they'll throw your video up on any place. Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. And also, you know, for the AV uh, folks, the men and women who are managing facilities and who are the tech directors, they're participating more in security and directory services and authentication more now than ever before. So achieving like security on the IT environment is much more about encrypting traffic and you know so if looking at third-party systems that kind of offer that security for example the AMX Enzo pretty much wipes everything after one session I you know I don't know the exact specifics so you know definitely if you're interested look look up for more particulars but um, 
when you think about the the variety of what employees are bringing in, even if you have a company-wide enterprise mobile policy, uh, nobody really pays attention to that and honors that, you know, 100%. We actually ran a really interesting article about that um, on Edgewire. So, you know, how are you getting your IT department to manually configure is more of a question of, you know, what's what's something that the entire team can kind of agree on and sign off on and make it um, easiest for users to just take that guesswork out of it and make it more automatic. So, yeah, absolutely. I think the third-party systems are very appealing, especially for, um, again, going back to the higher ed sector, for let's say, you know, you have a, a presenter or a professor who is, you know, itinerant or, you know, you have one room, that variety of users, you know, you have changing user base and changing user needs continually, perennially. So whatever's going to make that less complicated is definitely more appealing, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Mr. McCormick, you'll have the last word on this uh, from your perspective and your standpoint. Uh, what do you think 2014 is going to be known as the as the year of? Um, I, I think focus is one word that, that I've kind of he heard a lot. It, it seems like during during the recession that a lot of companies had to kind of figure out what they were good at and they were they were kind of you know tr going into a whole bunch of different markets and seeing are, am I good in this market am I am I having uh, you know any luck in this market is there any money to be made in this market and they kind of found out what what they're good at and maybe what they're not so good at and and, and I think even now that the economy is turning around to some degree I, I think there there's still some focus and they're uh, they're they're kind of learning learning what they're good at and and understanding what what they're good at and and going to you know stay stay focused on that and and I think that makes it better for everybody. I mean, uh, there's there's certainly something to be said for an integrator where you can you know get get everything no matter what market you're in. But I think having some some level of specialization is also a good thing. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, all right, we're gonna we're gonna kind of turn our focus. Um, the one thing I like about having reporters on is that I get to use their articles. So, um, <laughs> and I try to be as, as diplomatic as possible. So we'll, we'll start out with our, you know, spread it around. Uh, the first one was, is actually from SCN. Uh, looking at actually ahead at, at 2015 uh, and some of the, um, some of the, the service, the, the, the top areas in AV that are uh, quote unquote poised for growth uh, in 2015. Um, so, uh, you know, Margo, we'll start out with you, but we'll, we'll ask all four of you guys. What, what do you think, and, and from the people that you've talked to, both manufacturers but also integrators, because all four of you, you know, deal with, with dealers as well, uh, and tech managers and end users. Margo, what are you hearing as, as the possibilities uh, for 2015? Definitely 4K. I mean, I, as anyone who knows me knows, I'm extremely skeptical of most things, but... Um, I asked Display Search for a report recently for one article we're doing on 4K, 8K, Ultra HD viewing patterns and what tech managers really need to understand about it. And they gave me a figure which was incredible, actually. So in Q3 2014, 347,000 units shipped, which is, so that may or may not seem like a lot depending on your frame of reference, but what's really important to know is that in terms of 4K, that's a... 2,000% increase year on year. 
So that's really interesting to me, um, just looking at that figure. You know, again, it's it's something that I think people are talking about more. You're hearing it more in the mainstream consciousness. I even saw a commercial for you know 4K viewing on the consumer level, of yeah. course, for um, I believe it was Samsung during the holiday season. And Samsung actually has 52% uh, of the market, followed by Sony and then LG, then Vizio. So it'll be cool and interesting to see how um, different applications for it, you know, come to the fore. Um, obviously, the high-res viewing in certain sectors like architecture and simulation, you know, you, you'll hear more about that. But um, for the most part, I think people are still asking, you know, do we need it? In digital signage, how much of a benefit is it? So definitely seeing that interest in growth in 4K. Yeah, and I and I agree with you. I'm 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 not skeptical. I'm I'm incredibly bullish. I freaking love 4K. Um, yeah. And if you can make it out of an if you could make it out of an OLED, I'd be even happier. Um, so you know, uh, Mr. LeBlanc, what do you see in uh, in your uh, in your your tarot cards there for uh, for 2015? I mean, I think the big thing is just <clears throat> excuse me is communication. You know, a lot of the technologies that we're talking about are really about creating ways for companies and people to communicate better. And we're going to see that pushed forward a lot in, you know, 2015. And, you know, Tim, you were at the CI Summit a couple of weeks ago, and one of the comments um, that somebody made was that expectations have really gotten higher when it comes to communication expectations because, you know, people are used to communicating um, in a sort of an elevated way on their phones and in their homes and then they expect that level of communication in in the workplace too and that kind of puts it on you know integrators and designers and consultants to kind of raise the level of of experience and workplace communication and I kind of feel like we're gonna see you know that pushed forward in terms of collaboration and 4k experiences in the office space in 2015 and then meanwhile, you know, there are a lot of, you know, sort of commercial video applications where a high level of experience is already expected, you know, even before, you know, 2015. And what's going to happen is because experiences are, you know, getting better in workplace environments, they have to get 10 times better in, exper in experiences that are supposed to be great, like in museums and you know, like a retail environment where you're interacting with uh, digital signage, everything seems to need to get better. And I think it's going to be exciting for that reason to kind of see where everything goes. Okay. No, that makes sense. Uh, Lindsay, uh, from your st standpoint, what do you think uh, 2015, what are some of the emerging technologies or the areas of growth uh, for integrators or, or for manufacturers? Yeah, what I'm really interested in watching in 2015 is the way that service and service plans continue to grow in importance. The way that the business climate has continually gotten more competitive and with a shift away from hardware devices with all of these trends we were talking about with the cloud and collaboration spaces. The integrators need to differentiate themselves from each other primarily on service, I hear, you know, on a lot of different levels. So it's recurring type of service plans and, um, you know, con continual training that 
end users are, are requiring and the way that the technology changes so quickly also just staying on top of everything and enabling users to be able to use all of the amazing features that the technology is driving out. So it's also a really great opportunity for the integrators, I think, too, to be able to stay constantly um, as a reminder with their clients that they're there if they need them and that it's really easy to, to communicate and have their needs met. And I think it's a, it's a good business opportunity for the integrators also. Um, I see there are you know certain ones in the market that they can subscribe to, but there are also, especially with the larger integrators, I'm seeing a lot of them create their own service plans and their own cloud services to offer to their enterprise clients, for example, and I think it's big with education also. So curious to see where the trend goes if it is more so with these um, dedicated companies, software companies that are selling these service plans for integrators or if it's going to be integrators kind of making um, their own individual solutions, if, if it's going to be a balance between those two things, or if we're going to see it move in one direction or the other. Yeah, it's very very interesting. There are a number of integrators that I work with that have one or two or three software developers on staff right. just to do that thing, you know, just to do that very thing. Right, and they all showed it smart. Yeah, but is it one or two software dedicated software people, or is it a whole team of people, a whole yeah. department? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, uh, Mr. Craig McCormick, uh, what do you think 2015 is, uh, wh where do you think integrators should go uh, to, uh, to make the biggest impact next year? A uh, couple things. Um, one is a specific technology, obviously, is, uh, is digital signage. I, I know, obviously, there's been a lot of digital signage, and different, different uh, applications of it you know, in the last couple of years. I still think there's a lot of room for growth in, in that area, and, and certainly 4K is, is a, uh, a primary driver in that. I, I think you're going to see a lot more interesting and, and kind of unique uh, applications of digital signage as a result of 4K uh, becoming you know, more, more prevalent and more affordable, that sort of thing. Um, one other kind of business-related trend that, that I think is, is going, going to uh, you know, become more important in 2015 is, is uh, more reliance on younger employees in, in companies. And I, I just think um, um, with you know at all these new technologies, I, I think younger people are having more of a say, more of an impact than, than they ever did before. Um, it obviously this has been an old boys network to, to borrow a phrase for, for quite a while, but but that seems to be seems to be changing. Not not just that it's not just boys anymore, but I I think uh, some of the younger people are, are you know have, having more of an impact and, and coming up with with more of the ideas just because because they're they uh, they they know how to use the technology i think more than some of some of the older people and and they know where it can be applied and they're not afraid to try it yeah and they're being they're given they're being given uh, opportunities sooner in their careers absolutely uh, you know whereas you know 20 years ago when 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 i started you know you 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 paid your dues type thing so yep. uh all right uh we're going to move on to an article from commercial integrator actually uh from mr leblanc uh if you only read four articles in 2014 uh, as the name of the article, and there's a number of here. Um, well, there's four, actually, because that's the name of the title. Uh, but, Tom, we'll, we'll start with you on this one. You don't have to name all four. They don't even have to be these four. Uh, but what's one or two stories for that, that came out of 2014 for you that either knocked your socks off or, you know, holy cow, you don't believe this, or, you know, it was just one of those things that, that this is, you know, this is a significant story from this year? 
So that article was a little bit self-serving. Okay. They were all commercial integrator <laughs> articles. Well, you know, it's it, your website. I'm, you know, if Lindsay does it or, or Margot does it, she can do three from four from from AB Technology. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, I chose uh, articles that I thought were kind of reflective of some important trends in the market, and you know, Craig wrote a, a great piece. Um, our, it was the first time we ever did the 40 under 40 coverage in um, in commercial integrator, and that's a concept that's been. You know, other publications have done that before. We just wanted to take a crack at it. Um, a really smart guy told me it might be a good idea to, to look into it. Do you know who that was? Yes, Chris Netta was a very smart person. <laughs> well, it um, it became um, apparent that there were a lot of, you know, kind of emerging voices in the industry who were about 39. And if we were going to do an article like that, it might be uh, 2014 might have been a good year to do it. And I thought Craig did a fantastic job yes, of finding... Did you know, kind of a lot of, you know, really diverse and interesting folks whose voices are kind of emerging in the industry. But it's not just about people who, you know, like have a amplified voice. There's also some people that I think nobody really knew much about. But yeah. when you kind of dig into them, you learn, like, for instance, like, like Michael Shin from IMS Technologies. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't write a blog or I don't see him on a lot of podcasts or anything like that. He's just a dynamic guy and you know he's he's an example of you know some of the young people who within their prominent integration firms are helping to shape you know sort of a refreshing outlook for how to approach the market and I thought that story was uh, fantastic but one of the other stories that we covered um, was about recruiting I, I think I included that in the story mm -hmm. um, an article a link to an article that's sort of just about how you know recruiting has become so important in this market for some of the reasons that Craig alluded to a minute ago. But um, it's become tough. It's been tough for uh, integration firms to to kind of guide those young, really you know, technology educated young professionals away from careers in IT and make them understand that careers in AV one exist and two can be very satisfying and rewarding for them. And I think that's, you know, a very important issue in the market right now that probably needs to be talked about even more. And, um, you know, we, 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 we wrote a little bit about that. So I thought that was important to, to bring those forward. I'm not going to do four articles. No, Tim, you don't have to. I jacked up. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you think? <laughs> By the way, 1974 was a very good year. I'm just going to say that. So, uh, and Margo, Margo is a 40 under 40. Um, so, well, you st is it, aren't you still? I mean, isn't that the thing? Once yeah. you, okay, yeah, I think so. Because I'm holding on to this sucker for all my life, sister. It's actually, it's pretty cool because it. What one would hope for is to be, um, you know, doing something that can actually translate in another industry. So. You know, collaborate. They're looking at meeting intelligence and uh, collaboration um, in, as a concept and how it plays out, not just in audiovisual yeah. or IT. So that was really um, a wonderful surprise to, yeah. to have that Laurel added to my name. And and I think that's a it's a great article. I, I really enjoyed reading that when I saw the list too. So um, I want to read the rest of the of the CI forty under forty two. Yeah, there it was. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's some good folks. It really is. <laughs> Uh, Lindsay, what's one or two things uh, from from your standpoint? Uh, one or two stories that, that that pop out to you? You know, I I'm going to be boring, and I have to continue along this vein that that Craig started us off in, in the last 
question just because I, I think it is these young people in the industry that really strikes the chord for a lot of people and there's finally a growing emphasis among them. Um, and, and also I want to bring it back to that just because when I was recently polling integrators about some of their biggest challenges for next year, the vast majority of them all said it's recruiting, finding young talent. Um, a friend of mine in the industry just had a bidding war between two integrators trying to hire him actually. That's awesome. <laughs> it is. It is awesome. Yeah. Um, and, and on, in terms of, of news coverage of that, you know, SCN did our, our version of featuring young people where we, we called it the nine because we really wanted to zero in and focus on a really small cluster of really, really great talent in the industry. And it was really tremendous coverage. Just we, we went around to, to a lot of people in the industry just to find who is sort of quietly doing a ton of really awesome things. And we were just so, so amazed and inspired by, by a lot of the stories that came out of that, just, you know, where, where people came from and what kind of things they're doing. So I just can't, uh, can, cannot, cannot talk about that enough, really. I, and the other thing about it is that people don't realize that um, AV is a great career option. Also, this is, this is a little bit of my soapbox, really, because, you know, I spent earlier in the year talking with young people in Brooklyn about, um, hey, the audiovisual industry, you know, an underserved part of Brooklyn where they're installing a free IT, um, a free, free Wi-Fi network is what it is in their area. Um, and they're actually going to be working on a project in New York City right now that was recently announced about um, turning old telephone booths into Wi-Fi hotspots in the city. Oh, so wow. that's something that they're going to be engaged in. And it, and, but they had no idea that you can, you know, create control interfaces. They were so fascinated about the control and programming side of things that people were, were pleasantly surprised to hear actually. And just, you know, and finding a career in this that it's so interesting to see the way that people came into this industry also in the beginning, um, or, you know, in the earlier days is, were either musicians on the one hand, or a lot of people just fell into it by accident and didn't even have college degrees. People in this industry boast about not having college degrees, you know, back back in the early days and everything. So it's just it's an opportunity in so many different levels. And it's that recruiting aspect that I hear from other people really that that is the number one challenge. So it just that is a story that stands out to me forever. When I go to industry events right now, I always try to find the the under 30 if they exist there or the under 40 just to sort of see what they're doing and and when you survey the room it sort of takes a minute but you find those people and and there's a lot of young people coming up and i just think it's a really fascinating thing to watch no it is it is and, and our, our buddy and pal kelly perkins was on your on your nine list right. so she's she's a really great uh actually I've, I've been doing some some things for her for avi systems and um uh, my son actually got to do something with her. He was he was a little reporter, a little six year old uh, AV reporter uh, at the Detroit event. So uh, uh, as soon like as that, that do what? I'd like to see his coverage. Well, yeah, <laughs> the thing is, you know, Christians, you know, Christians into into Legos and and um, and uh, Star Wars. Uh, I did teach him to say one one phrase. Uh, if anybody came up with a 3D system to him to t- to tell him that 3D sucks. So, to which his mother informed me that sucks is a bad word. So, hey. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, Mr. McCormick. 3D a bad word, too? 3D is a bad word, dude. Uh, Mr. McCormick, what's, uh, what's one or two stories from this year for you? Well, the 40 under 40 was, um, was definitely the most fun article. A I fabulously had. written article, by the way. You could have and, you could have done thirty nine. Because you were the, the first one, right? I, I was the, I did I did not. The check is in the mail on that. 
Yeah. Well, and and we also had Kelly Perkins on our, our exactly. List too with, yeah. So she's she's uh, maybe the woman of the year or something in the AV industry. Somebody should so, take that up, by the way. One of you two yeah. should do a woman of the year thing. So, yes. Um, the the other article I, I really enjoyed doing uh, we we posted right around Veterans Day and it was about a, a company uh, named Athio Technologies mm-hmm. and um, it's it's run by a guy who was an Ira- Iraq War veteran um, and his his sole f- focus is to get other veterans who are returning you know from combat and 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 no longer deployed and and out of the military uh, working in the uh, the AV and IT industries. Um, he, he's he's trying to recruit as many as he can, you know, whether whether they're th- certified or not. He's, you know, he, he wants to bring them in. He says he'll he'll train them up himself. He he kind of got thrown into the industry a little bit himself uh, when when he was in the military. Um, the the person that was his uh, it, it was was above him left left the job, and uh, and he was kind of thrown into uh, putting together a video conferencing system for General David Petraeus. Oh, so he, yeah, and so he 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 did that without without any formal training himself, and and so I, I thought that was a you know a pretty inspiring story, and and I'm interested to see kind of how he does in recruiting veterans. I know um, CompTIA and Infocom both have have programs where they they try to bring uh, bring veterans in into the industry, and and. Hopefully uh, that that'll help to serve him as well. Okay. Uh, all right, Miss um, Duahi, you get the chance to do uh, what your one or two stories were from from this year that were significant. Definitely, Bill Hippensteel's article, the influence of IT on AV, and it's a of course a story that we've all been telling for uh, many years, but. I think what I really like about this article and why I really enjoyed working on it with him is that he gives really concrete bullet points about what um, the AV industry is not considering in greater depth uh, and what you really need to do to participate effectively in IT. And he, of course, teaches IT systems at Penn State Harrisburg, and so he's really our resident you know, IT expert in our magazine every month. And he just kind of drills down into the concepts that, you know, bandwidth is cheap, but it's not free. So you really need to understand your bandwidth needs before proposing, you know, that IT carrier traffic, how to participate more actively in optimizing your um, AV traffic and understanding layer two versus layer three and IP dipser values. So he really gets granular and it's it's a really important read. A lot of, of readers have asked me for PDFs of it too, which has been nice to get some feedback. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, in addition to all the other wonderful mail that we get, we get, but that's a really good one, and that was in our September issue, and then I think every every month we, we do a really great um, focus on a manager who is innovative in their own right, but a few of them we've made the cover story, and Definitely Howard's story, also in September. He's the media director at El Camino Community College in California. And he's just a great interview. It's a, it's a really fun read. Um, he talks a lot about how, when he first started in the industry, that AV and IT were sort of these exclusive fiefdoms. But now they're so much more interrelated. And just how that plays out for him as the distance education coordinator at El Camino and also the media um, coordinator and talks a lot about software as a service, software-based AV. 
So that one, that's the Meet Your Manager with Howard Story, and then also the Phil Hippensteel IT influence on AV for, for different reasons. Those are two of my favorites. Yeah, the, the, the one with, with Howard, um, I know a lot of I, AV managers still. Um, that used to be what I did, uh, and I forwarded that because there are some that it's still fiefdoms, right? Um, and, and no, the, the, I'm not saying that as a negative. I'm saying that, that Howard's story is, is actually a, a good uh, test, not test case, but a good story um, to say, you know what, it is possible, right? Take some work, take some, some, uh, it takes some interpersonal communication skills, uh, yeah. but it is possible. You know, it doesn't have to be, you know, our stuff and your stuff. So, yeah. And this, this month we actually had one meet your manager with a really great articulate um, technology architect, as his title is. Uh, with a company in Canada, a telecommunications company called TELUS, and he's also, you know, more of the manager side who works a lot with both outside integrators as well as the IT department, and he has a really interesting insight in that one of the bigger challenges for him has been that the IT department has an existing network management and trouble ticketing system that they already have in place, and a lot of the AV management applications don't necessarily feed into that help desk system. So he brings up things like that that I think a lot of people share. And even when I was uh, teaching at the university level, we had the same issue you know, within the, the concept of, you know, where does the, if there's a problem with a video conferencing or, you know, say there's some lecture capture problem, who's gonna get the trouble ticket um, with the impending in internet of things explosion and, uh, Google Glass and Apple, you know, smartwatch and sort of more being added to the equation, who on the management side is going to handle it, how does it play out? So there are some really great discussions um, on that level that are happening that I find really important. Yeah, you, you've, you've just hit that tip right there, right? Uh, where the, the non-technical uh, person touches AV and something goes wrong, where does that go, right? Uh, and from there, you can start having conversations uh, internally in, in universities and other uh, other large corporations. Uh, but it's it's answering that question, right? Is is where where does the trouble ticket go? Because that ultimately is who's responsible for for fixing it and making sure it works, regardless yeah. if you have any business doing it. So uh, yeah, even like if you have. Um legacy equipment, for example, and you have non-native IP speakers mm -hmm. and a proprietary AV management system, like a one of the you know fam famous ones, but who's in charge of, of that upkeep, that management, and how does that break down, and you know the, the new generation of hires, how do they fit into the equation? So it's actually a really interesting time of, of transition in some ways, and yet, you know, when you look at, again, I go back to the higher space because that's my my specialty but um looking at some really successful communities like clemson university just had a 10 million dollar investment in just their audiovisual. Um, wow. we actually didn't run a story on it but i i read a really great piece it was in campus technology on that on you know just a, a 10 million dollar investment in the top quality audiovisual. i'm not sure who the um, integrator is on that somebody based in atlanta I think, but that's, it's just a really interesting moment to say, like, do they, are they going to now bulk up their facility AV team or who, where, who's the onus of the, the new audiovisual 
system that they're going to bring on. Yeah, who owns that and, and who, you know, maintains it and makes sure that it, it stays refreshed, right? Uh, depending on which part of the technology you're talking about. Uh, all right, we're going to ki- uh, kick a couple stories uh, from each of your uh, respective magazines uh, before we let you guys go. The first one I, th- I found very interesting. Margo shot me this. In our screen-filled world, do we still need HD displays? Um, and uh, actually, Marco, we'll start with you on this. Uh, I guess the question goes back to you guys. Do we need it? I mean, you guys, you, you have all gone to trade shows this year and, and seen everything from, you know, 32-inch on up to 100-plus-inch displays. Um, do we still need those things? Um, I think the question is how best to get the return on the investment. So who's who's able to, you know, use these applications in a way that really benefits not only the evolving user base, whatever it might be, and whatever vertical market it might be, but how does it support the organizational mission? Um, is it is it going to be this, um, you know, one of these closed executive boardroom video conferencing systems with you know endpoints that aren't isn't going to be used as much as someone would like it because there's not a scheduling system you know so i think that because the availability of having facetime on your phone and an interactive whiteboard essentially like on your smartphone is is a question of well now how do we make the most out of the large format displays that we have and or the projection systems that we have and what I loved about that Brian Nadell article that we ran that I shared with you is looking at some of the ways that entertainment, museum, and education are raising the profile of projection, large format projection in um, immersive uh, ways. And so using them almost as uh, theaters, theater design. So looking at some of those Broadway shows um, but that are listed in that article and how they're using projection. So I think it's just raised the, the you know, the need to keep being creative, to pushing the envelope because screens are everywhere. They're in the back of taxis. Everybody has a smartphone. You know, you can kind of get screen fatigue. So it's kind of cool and fascinating to see who's using the screens in really innovative ways. You know, what museums, um, there was a really neat video I watched today of AVI Systems. In, there's a North Dakota Heritage Museum. Oh, yeah. that mm-hmm. I saw that one. Yep. They're using, you know, really interesting interactive um, high def. You know, so that's what a, what they think the article underscores, and with a focus on Broadway, you know, too. So, yeah. Well, that's something else that's actually changing uh, is the fact that we talked about, you know, who owns what using projection and using a lot of the, the moving head projectors, who owns that, right? Um, because there are there are lighting designers who will either say, that's a moving fixture, I absolutely own it. And there are others who are saying, there's video on that, there's no way in the world I own that, right? right. Um, and, and so that's you know another, uh, another interesting discussion. So, uh, Mr. McCormick, uh, you wrote a yes, very sir. interesting article um, giving uh, electrosonic uh, naming them the 2014 Integrator of the Year. And the reason I, I, I say that is for two things. First of all, the picture is from 1974. And again, <laughs> 1974 was a very good year. 
Yeah, um, I was I was one. Thanks for rubbing it in. Well, you know, me and me and myself and, and Mr. LeBlanc were still, you know, we're newborns, uh, <laughs> you know. So, uh, but uh, how do you guys pick those 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 people? Do do people nominate it? Is that is it a process that that you all just kind of get around and say, hey, here's some really groovy people, or or how do you work that? Yeah, we we don't have a, a formal nomination process really. We um we we try to kind of formulate our own idea about um, who, who's going to be the integrator of the year. Um, fa fairly early in the year, um, we, we publish, I think it's nine or ten uh, profiles every uh, every year, uh, cover profiles. And so, so we try to, you know, set it up. And, and as we're talking about who's who's going to be a cover profile, we, you know, we, tr we try to think about who, who deserves, you know, kind of a special recognition as, as the integrator of the year. Um, this year it, it was electrosonic and and it, it is coincidental with their their 50th anniversary uh, we, we you know we, we've been wanting to profile them anyway and and it, it helps that they have their anniversary but certainly there's there's a lot more to them than than that and um, kind of circling back to the um, conversation we had about young people getting more involved um, yeah. one, one of the coolest things I, I found out with them was their apprentice program and and it's a program that's that's relatively new but it's it's uh, bringing you know younger people into into the company and you know kind of making sure it it, it has another you know 50 years or, or whatever um, of, of success uh, and and I think that's that's really a, a model that that can be followed it, it was something that was started by by their their CEO Jim Bowie, um, just a few years ago, because he he kind of realized that you know a lot of the a lot of the people that were in decision making positions in the company were getting older. You know they're even older than me, even older than forty one, um, <laughs> and and that it was you know kind of time to to look to the next generation and you know kind of turn turn some of the uh, power and the authority over to them, and you know w without having these young people in place and, and, you know, get, getting them ready for these, these, these positions down the road, you know, who, who knows what, what could have happened to electrosonic. So, so I, I think that was, was something that, that, that I didn't know about when I started interviewing them, but, but I, I thought that was kind of a, a really cool, uh, cool um, aspect of, of it as well. No, it's, it's a very cool aspect. It is one that, that, that I wrote about. I've, I've evangelized it ever since I heard it at the CI summit. Um, uh, Lindsay mentioned, you know, working with with students in the Bronx. I, th th this type of program, and I'm not saying you all have to go to the Northeast to do this, but encouraging young people to at least, you know, walk alongside you and see what you do on a daily basis. Um, I've had a number of of you know relatives right now, but but you know, young people who are 16, 17, 18 years old who have followed me around on my daily, you know, what I do on a full time basis and. You know, they're interested in electronics, they're interested in, in music and stuff like that, and they want to see, you know, is this, is this type of, of industry something I want to do? I have the opportunity because, you know, I, I see these, these kids, you know, guys and girls both on a daily and weekly basis, so they know what, what I do, right? Um, getting out there, though, in the, into, the, into the public, and, and that's why I think some stuff like, like AV Month and AV Week from Infocom is important because getting the fact that, that this, this career this uh, industry is out there is important. So, all right, uh, we'll wrap this up. Lindsay, we'll start with you. What's, um, what's your favorite thing that happened this year? Uh, it can be personally, professionally, you got to meet Elvis. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know what it is. Right. No, that's a perfect question. Cause one thing I was just thinking that we didn't get to, that we kind of glossed over. It was on our original list of 
uh, stories was uh, the residential market yes. and, and why the story in particular was about why CD was so important this year. But as we're, we're touching on a lot of the same topics here. I, I was thinking back, you know, I cover both markets. It's really hard sometimes to, to separate yourself from that. But some of the most interesting things by far happened on the residential side. Um, Dolby Atmos was one of the most exciting things. It's really reinvigorating the audio technology on um, on the consumer level. And pretty much anybody who has ever heard a demo of it, it's just, it's awesome. And I think the residential market has really been waiting for a technology like that. You know, a few years ago, the buzz was all about um, 3D video, 3D projection. And that was one that people were immediately and consistently really skeptical about. Nobody was ever fully sold on um, 3D changing everything for video. Because you know, it sucks, it. Lindsay, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. by some of the video companies, but nobody was really buying it. And and here we have Dolby Atmos where you walk in and, and you're just floored immediately. I mean, the shortest 30-second demo where there's a leaf split spinning above your head. Um, and it, it just, it, it adds so much nuance. And I'm, I've done a number of events at Dolby's private theaters in New York, and they have directors come in to talk to you about just, and the sound mixers to talk about how integrating another level of, of audio into the mix totally changes the game for them. And, you know, back at, at CDI, you had Harmon in there with, like, they had dozens of audio channels. They brought a commercial <laughs> amplifier to their CD of it. So it wasn't even anything that they were selling in the residential market. It was just to knock people's socks off, and it was awesome. Um, so that was the biggest thing in that market. But there were also, you know, obviously the Internet of Things, of course, you know, another buzzword that I absolutely hate, but just the way that everything at home is living on the network. Everybody has their individual devices and just how that's changing the market and the influence that it has on control systems at home. Also, um, huge story of Studio was the vast simplification of programming for home control systems that there was. Every major control manufacturer introduced a new version of their software and controller that makes it a lot easier to program. And it also gives some programming capabilities, it puts some of those capabilities in the hands of consumers also, which is a little bit risky, but at this day and age where, you know, everybody has their smart device, we all want to be able to control some of the things, um, some of the settings in our home, and, and we're all relatively literate in those things, so that was another interesting thing out of the show there. Yeah. Uh, I, I could probably go on about that, actually, but those, those are the big ones. I mean, Dolby Atmos is just awesome, and the... Um, simplification of, of control in our lives, and and people always cite those trends on the consumer side trickling up to commercial. So yeah, interesting to see how, how that kind of effect. The other th interesting thing: this is my very first CDA ever. Um, the number of people who have jumped on board with with Dolby Atmos right uh, so quickly. So there there is something to be said for that. And the way that Dolby rolled it out also, I have to mention the way that they made it. So you can either cut holes in your ceiling and put speakers in, or they made these really interesting speaker modules where that reflect the sound off of your ceiling and they've made it so you can be a do-it-yourself consumer and do it or you can you know be you know have it for your own private dedicated cinema so it, it has the potential to have a really broad reach in, in the market yeah yeah uh tom what's uh what's one of your thing what was one of your favorite things for this year i think my answer is going to be boring compared to Lindsay's, which i thought was interesting <laughs> um 
but I'm, I'm going to talk about business stuff because um, I feel like the the mood change that I sort of described earlier in our conversation, how um, it just seems more positive than it did. Like, for instance, we, we launched Commercial Integrator in uh, 2011, right, Craig? Um, yes. And, and ever since then, you know, the first couple of years, we wrote a lot of those profile stories that Craig described about companies that were trying to stay afloat and, you know, just doing stuff, like rebranding, you know, like how do I how do I figure out how to find my niche in a market? In other words, they didn't have a niche. They were trying to figure out how to dig in. And I'm sick of writing those stories. You know, I like <laughs> I like how in, you know, 2014, we got to write a lot of stories about, you know, companies that were very forward thinking and very excited about the growth ahead of them and very very excited about growing. You know, a lot of companies are very focused on growth in 2014. And to me, like that was kind of a sea change. You know, um, it, the industry feels more positive. I think Infocom was a really impressive show in June. Um, ISE last year um, grew its attendance. I'm sure it's going to grow its attendance by a lot this year. I mean, in 2015. And, you know, DSE was a big show last year. I'm sure DSE will be a huge show this year. The industry just feels strong and positive. And to me, that's my favorite story of 2014. And that, yeah, I like that. It's not boring. It's good. It's feely. Yeah. It's, it's touchy-feely <laughs> and squishy. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's me. Yeah, that's you. Yeah. <laughs> I've been with you way too much this year, dude. I know I'm better than that. Uh, Marco, what's, uh, what's one or two of your favorite stories? Um, Star Trek, the Cronut, and this round table right here, right now. That okay. We're going to live on an infinite loop, actually. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but additionally, in addition to that triumvirate, um, I think just the, the year of the tech manager. I mean, obviously, it's our focus, yeah. but we're just seeing an increasing appreciation for the nuanced roles that tech managers have, how that's shifting, how. You increasingly see buying decisions happening on that level, the buying power changing just a little bit, and just the use of um, easy, you know, more easy to use and easy to control systems. How to bring those the, you know, integrated voice, video conferencing, IM all into one experience, and how the tech manager plays a pivotal role in that, and just um, you know, appreciating the the ecosystem around. The integrated audiovisual, I think, in a really interesting and focused way in 2014. All right, very good. Uh, Craig, you'll have the last word on this one. Uh, what's uh, what's one or two of your favorite stories from this year? I wish you had asked me this last year. I think you know what I might have said. I know exactly what your answer was last year. The Boston Red Sox won something called the World Series. That would have been it, but uh, they for did this not year, this year. <laughs> they certainly did not this year. Um, as for for this year. Um, I, We've talked a lot about it, and you know, kind of, we've we've gone around it a bunch of times. But I I think having you know, more more young people here, he, having their voice heard, having an, an effect on on the industry, I I think that's one of the coolest things that that's happened this year. And I think it's it's only it's only going to increase in in 2015. I I think it's you know important to have new ideas, especially in in a technology industry where there's there's new stuff coming out all the time. There has to be a, you know new ways to use it and and innovations sur surrounding it. So I I think that's the the most important thing of this year. Okay, 
All right. Well, that will will we'll do it. I appreciate all of your time. Like I said, this is this is one of my favorite things because because I appreciate all of you because without you, I couldn't do this on a weekly basis. You do the, the really he- heavy lifting and I just ask other people what they think about your story. So uh, with this has been Lindsay Adler. Lindsay, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, this is her first time. So she did a fabulous job. Uh, associate editor, systems, contractor news and residential systems. Uh, where can people find you, get a hold of you, follow you if you want? Yeah, on Twitter, you can find me, Lindsay M. Adler, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-M-A-D-L-E-R. All right. Uh, and Residential Systems? Uh, well, same Twitter handle, but right. Residentialsystems.com is the website, and also avnetwork.com is the website, the home okay. for SDN and also AV Technology and, and a couple other brands. All right. Uh, then that actually, Margo, that's that you're up next. Um, Margo Duwahi, uh, the editorial director for AV Technology. Thank you, ma'am. Congrats. Perfect pronunciation, though, I must say. Um, I, so, I, I practiced that a lot the last time you were on, by the way. <laughs> so. Really fabulous. Uh, on Twitter, at AV Technology Mag okay. and um, avnetwork.com. All right. Very good. Craig McCormick, editor at large, which means he gets to roam around and look for an internet connection. <laughs> uh, where can people find exactly. you, sir? Um, on Twitter at Craig McCormick um, and commercialintegrator.com. And we're also on LinkedIn and Facebook right. and Twitter. And Twitter. Uh, and of course, last but not least, Tom LeBlanc, um, the editor of Commercial Integrator, as well as Tech Decisions. Where can people find you, sir? Yeah, some of the same places that Craig just listed, but I'm also on Twitter at LeBlanc Tom. And techdecisionsmedia.com as well. And that's LeBlanc with a C, not a K. Yeah, no, absolutely no I'm K. just making sure that the first time, <laughs> you know, I think I was mispronouncing your name too for the longest time. Uh, oh, my, no, no. My, <laughs> I don't remember. Leave it up to interpretation. Exactly. Uh, it's French. There's an L, there's a L in front of it, so. Um, my name is Tim Albright. Don't follow me on Twitter at this point uh, just because I'm grousing about the bears. Um, I've become the the beating uh, the the beating child of the AV industry sports department. So, I got numerous tweets last night, by the way, because um, the Bears did not play so good, nor last week. So, yeah, hey, what do you know? Uh, but go by the website if you would please, avnation.tv, avnation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others. We have a lot of a lot of new voices, a lot of new faces. Um, we got some some new bloggers coming on. Uh, we've also started something. Um, with Advanced AV and John Green. Um, and let me just put the way, John Green's involved, Chris Nettle's involved, and Hi-Fi Phil Cordella's involved, so you know it's going to be fun. Uh, it's the AV Sweater Contest. Uh, Phil has created a, an AV-centric Christmas song. I swear to you, uh, I've heard it. It's very cool. Uh, it's, not, it's not traditional, uh, that's for sure. Um, but what we're going to do is uh, we're going to take everybody's AV sweater and you're going to you're going to put it up on the social with the hashtag AV sweater and we'll make a video out of it similar to what we did uh, for the AV selfie at Cedia and Infocom. So get your sweaters out, put them on social and, and we'll, we'll have some fun this holiday season. So uh, but yeah, get that out and, and you'll find out more more and more stuff. Uh, two or three, four, I see four days to, to make Kickstarter. So. Uh, if you know any, uh, if you have any rich aunts or uncles, uh, hit them up if you would, please. So, yeah. Uh, go by the website, though, avianation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for watching. This has been AV Week.